welcome back to Frown Town. We're back. We're back. Uh, and I guess when I say we, I mean that in a figurative sense and not in a literal sense, because you may notice that uh, you don't hear another person. Uh, so V is not here today. Uh, he's fine. Well, he's not fine as relative as well. <laughs> he's he's OK. He's not dead. He's not injured. Uh, he's f- still sort of recovering from COVID. So I can't say he's recovered. But last time I talked to him, he's 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 doing OK. Um, but we're having some technical issues. Uh, I've been actually debating how much I want to pull the curtain back. I was going to call this a scheduling conflict, but ultimately it just falls down to, uh, we are getting V a new mic and, um, the time it took for us to get the mic to V and the time it took for us to record did not line up. So I am doing the show solo and V will be back, uh, next week with a mic. So hooray, hooray, hooray. How was my week? Thank you for asking. I know you want to know. First of all, my week was pretty good. Did some performing, had some shows, uh, met Eric Swartz, uh, who and, and saw like an hour multimedia comedy special from him that he he's, I guess, prepping to uh, perform and shoot next month. It's really good. I think that's going to be that's going to be fun. Um, other than that, not a I guess. Yeah, just a lot of comedy. Um, I will say this. Uh, OK, so. I have, uh, and this is going to segue into what we're going to talk about today, because uh, I really kind of want to get into this. I need to spend some time to really explain a lot of stuff, um, because I had to learn some stuff myself. Um, But this week, uh, so if you remember back, we did the January 6th uh, show, and we were like, hey, for the January 6th hearings we were were doing is we were just waiting until we get like, uh, you know, almost a full view of what happened. And then we could, uh, you know, paint a, a full picture of all the events that happened within that specific day and then give some sort of commentary or have thoughts around it. I don't know what the process, I I don't know what our end goal was there. And then when I say our, I guess really, I guess I don't mean mine because I I was the one who was keeping us from, from talking about it. But I think what I was trying to uh, prevent was, okay, so we would do a show about January 6th and then immediately uh, after in the coming weeks, we'd be like, and then did you hear about this? And we would just continue doing this like, and then this dropped and it would just be this weird fucking, and now this, and now this, where we're just constantly just uh, bombshelling. And I, I hate that as a, I hate that as a construct. I hate that. I don't. And also I hate that like, uh, we, like every podcast just starts with, and did you hear, again, as you can tell from the fact that I do this weird mocking voice for it, that by the way, if you can't notice, I can barely do. I am really shredded on the vocals right now. I I blame myself. I, I was I was going to say I blame the blunts, but I guess I'm the one who smoked the blunts, so I, I have to still blame myself. But no, um, so with the whole January 6th uh, hearings, I didn't want it to turn into a thing where we were just constantly coming back to it, but uh, we are going to revisit it. Uh, for a couple of reasons. First, I think we need to point out uh, that uh, Donald Trump straight up and down tried to kill Mike Pence and not like not like in a not like like not like I guess you could say like not like he took a knife, got him in a dark room and was like, yeah, not like that, because that would be a, a gangster baller way to kill someone. It was more like Donald Trump tried to get Mike Pence killed. And the series of events that have been laid out by the investigative hearings has been damning. It is wild when you hear and realize that 
uh, there are people who are testifying that they are that his family and close advisors were begging Trump to get on TV and call things off. He knew that Mike Pence was in danger. He even said something along the lines that Mike uh, fucking deserved whatever happened to him. And I so like in my head, I don't know. So like I'm I'm gonna say something that I think is actually ageist that I've just realized that I think, and I apologize in advance. But I I for some reason. I think of Donald Trump because I think because he's older, I I don't think of him of having murderous malice, like murderous malicious intent. I think he's, it's like the worst he thinks is going to happen is Mike is going to end up in the hospital. I don't know if he's like, yo, Mike's going to get killed. He's like, good. I mean, maybe because like, it feels like, and I guess maybe I'm saying I'm thinking about that, but I feel like that for almost everyone, I, I, I just don't, I think I am conflating myself uh, in my own thought process and how I don't want anyone to get killed. This, by the way, as a side note, uh, came up on uh, the Ratchet Auntie and Uncle's Hour, which, by the way, shout out to um, Stephanie, Asa, Ricky, and I guess I'm the other Ratchet Uncle. But we had a whole on-air conversation about the fact that in school, when we got into fights, I wasn't trying to kill the other person. I just wanted you to stop trying to fight. That was my goal. If you went down and stayed down, we're done here. I'm not hitting you while you're on the ground. I'm not like on top of you trying to pound you into the ground. I'm done. I just want the fight to end. That is how I fight. I still fight like that to this to this day. I am fighting to end the fight. I'm not fighting to try to hurt you. I really don't want to hurt other people because I feel like that's, I, there are very few instances where, well, that's not true. There, there are a few instances where I'm like, yo, I want to fuck this person up. That does happen occasionally, but it's rare for me to actually want to hurt someone. It is it's just a very rare thing. And if I'm being 100% honest, I, I would prefer to never have anything escalate to violence. But if it has to go to there, has to go to that point, then I am trying to end the violence as quickly as possible. So I am... I'm looking for the opening, I'm knocking you out, and then I'm going back to what I'm doing. And that's that's all I'm doing. I'm not doing a bunch of swings. Uh, if you go down, and, and really, I say I'm knocking you out. When I'm saying, I'm, say, I'm not knocking you out of like consciousness. I'm saying I'm knocking you out of the fight. Like I'm knocking the fight out of you would be the better way to say it. So like I'm, I'm, if you're swinging at me, I'm just because most people uh, don't have any real training to their punching. So they drop their hands, they come at you wild, and you can just keep your hands up, you know, shuffle a little bit to the side, move your head, pick your spot, and then just pop someone one good time in the mouth. And they typically, if you get them good, like really put one straight right to the mouth, it'll knock them on the ground. And if they get back up, they're going to be bleeding all over the place. And I mean, if they really get back up, then you can put a couple more to them. But typically that is all I'm doing. I am just trying to end the fight. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm In some cases, I might be trying to do it in the least amount of damage as possible which uh, never bodes well for me. I always get hurt way more than the people I fight. It's uh, because I don't want to hurt them. And I guess I, it's a mentality, I guess, like in my head, I feel like I should shake, but I fight like a Democrat. I'm like, no, wait, no, <laughs> I can't hurt you too. <laughs> Your feelings are valid as well as I'm punching you is who I am. Anyway, okay, so the, the whole reason I went down this path, by the way, uh, is that I just don't think of other people of having murderous malice, malice malicious intent. But in this case, it feels like uh, the president did. He was murderously malintent towards uh, Mike Pence, almost got Mike Pence and his family killed. Uh, We've seen how close they've gotten. And in the wake of this, what has happened is that a bipartisan group of senators led by no other than Joe Manchin and Susan Collins, who, by the way, right now, 
freshly hated. So Joe Manchin madly hated right now because uh, as a Democrat, he is 100% blocking all climate change uh, bills and keeping any progress from going forward there. And Susan Collins, as you can remember, uh, staunchly put in conservative justices who just struck down the right to have abortion here in America, which according to her, she is a supporter of. So these two madly hated senators, <laughs> I, well, I'm saying madly hated, I'm pretty sure, I mean, they're, they're elected officials, they can't be that hated, right? They represent like 750,000 people each. Actually, they might represent millions each. I'm not 100% certain, and I'm not going to look it up. But both of these senators, senators have put together a proposal um, to make bills to pass to help reform the electoral count. And there is an act right now called the Electoral Count Act. It is an 1887 law that governs how electoral college votes are cast and counted. And this law is now under scrutiny because we got real close to having the presidential election results in January 6th being invalidated. Um, so just to so that, to really walk through this, we're going to take a two-step process. Uh, so I'm not going to assume that you've listened to a really good episode about the Electoral College and how it works. I am not going to assume that. I am going to tell you that that episode exists and you should totally check it out, but I'm not going to assume that you've done it because at this point, I can't assume that you are a well-rounded individual who takes time to listen to other people's podcasts, especially when they ask you to do that. I can't assume that. I can't assume that you're going to do that. That's rude of me to assume. It's very wrong. I should not assume that. Having said that, there's a great episode that you can totally listen to, but let's do a quick refresher. Uh, let's say you listened to it some time ago and you don't like to go back and revisit podcast episodes. I'm that dude too. I feel you. So a quick refresher for what the Electoral College is. I think oftentimes in America, when we think of voting, we think that voting is, uh, we say, I would like this person, please. And if enough of us say, I would like this person, please, that's the person we get. That's a popular voting system. Like on uh, American Idol, if I like uh, fucking Ruben Stuttert, I vote for Ruben Stuttert. If enough of us vote for Ruben Stuttert, Ruben Stuttert is uh, the dude who gets the record contract, right? That is how popular voting works. That's how a lot of voting in most places work. Uh, city council, I think, works that way. Governor works that way. Mayor works that way. You just get enough votes. There's obviously there's like a little bit more. It's a gross simplification. There's primaries and other stuff, whatever, whatever. Gross simplification is popular voting is you enough people vote for you. You get the job. Bing, bang, boom. We don't do that for president because way back in the day when America was being founded by white men who owned land and slaves. Going to pause there. Just going to quick pause just so you know. These are the people that we're like idolizing and following, which by the way, bullshit if you ask me, but here we go. These dudes were like, yo, just to make sure that the person who gets elected president isn't like some fucking stupid person that is terrible. Let's put in a guy system to prevent uh, the common people from electing someone who's not good. Essentially, let's make it so uh, we have control over who becomes president. And that control was birthed into the Electoral College. Now, over time uh, and as America scaled up, our understanding of the Electoral College and how it works has changed. For instance, there are some states right now that uh, no matter how their state votes, uh, if their state votes all popular vote count for um, elector A, 
all of the electoral college votes go to that elector. There's actually, I want to say like 12 to 13 states. And interestingly enough, if enough states do that uh, because of the amount of electoral college votes needed, by the way, there's 548 electoral college votes. I think you need 237 tops. I, I 100% could have looked this up before. <laughs> uh, so it's 200, you need 270 electors. I'm sorry. Um, you need 270 electors because there's 538 electors tops. My bad. So you need 270 electors to be able to win. That's more than half of all electors to win the presidential election. Uh, if enough states pledge their to just give all their electoral college votes to the popular vote, then the electoral college doesn't count. But right now we're on the precipice of that. So we're not there yet, but that's how the electoral college works. There are 538 electors. So what happens is you cast your vote for president, your state counts up all the votes, and then they assign electors to go cast those votes. Now, depending upon the state, it might just be the winner of the popular vote gets all the electoral college votes. But there are some states, Maine, Nebraska, that assign their electoral electors using a proportional system. Yeah, yeah. And what happens is that all the electors come together, they bring their votes, they cast them, and then those votes are certified by Congress and the vice president. Now, if you're listening to this, you're like, what the fuck, bro? Yeah, I think we have to think about what was going down when this first happened. So when this was written in 1887, I think this is also a good example of why laws typically need to be updated more frequently and why we should look a lot more at laws that have uh, long lifespans or that have been in place for a long time. Like this was a law that for a very long time, I think we just were like, well, we understand the flavor, so let's not touch it. But it's stupid that we did that because we almost lost the entire country to a dictator. And we might still lose the entire country to a dictator because quite frankly, you can still break the uh, proposal bill that's coming into place but that's we'll get to that later right now the only thing i guess we really need to take away from this is that previously the way that the electoral count act was set up was that all of those electoral college votes that we just talked about would come to be certified by congress which by the way that was like 30 representatives and nine senators so 39 people and the vice president which also by the way uh old school vice president voting was you voted and number one got president number two got vice president so your vice president wasn't typically of your party or like even cool with you it was just the second runner up <laughs> um so there was a, a belief that there would be like a trust in these people not to fuck you over right or fuck over the next person in that they would be neutral i don't know so before it was just one senator one house representative members remember 39 people so one of 39 or two of 39 people had to be like yo we don't think this shit is right and then they would go and somehow go back to the states and uncertified recertify revote i don't know it's really vague and it's archaic and it doesn't make sense and actually the word that is being used to describe it by the u.s senators in a joint statement is ambiguous is archaic and ambiguous so now we're looking to fix this specific archaic and ambiguous act so that it does work and making changes to it i think uh okay just as a side note the electoral college is bullshit right i feel like we should just just go ahead and acknowledge that it is not a good system at all. Here's why. Uh, let's start with the fact that if we already have all of the popular votes cast, why are we putting a a rail in between, th what, 325 million Americans and the people, the person they elect? And if we are going to put that rail there, why are we putting it only for president? Like, we already have guardrails in place to prevent the president from becoming a king. 
sort of, right? Sort of. Like, I still don't understand. Well, I do understand why. The problem is that, like, we should have codified this shit for scale back in the day. But because our founding fathers were dickheads who were more concerned with, like, their own money and their own prosperity, they only really encoded it for bullshit. So that's why, like, they didn't get rid of slavery. That's why, like, they encoded it so that they could, like, control who was going to become president just in case that everyone voted and they didn't like that shit. They could always just be like, well, electors. And that's why they built in all this bullshit. They really just built in a bunch of bullshit and we kept it. Uh, They built in the bullshit for the guns because just in case the government got too powerful, they wanted to be able to grab their muskets and go start a civil war, which we did. It happened. It's played out. And if I'm being honest, like at this point, after the civil war, we should have rewritten that shit. We 100% should have been like, hey, uh, that whole getting arms thing, maybe let's re-talk, let's reconsider it. Or maybe even when like semi-automatics came on the scene, right? Like after we got to a point where it took uh, less than five minutes to shoot your second round, I feel like at that point we should have been like, yo, let's consider re- let's consider what we call arms. And I still don't understand when we talk about the right to bear arms, we don't fucking limit it to what the founding fathers thought of. Like we interpret the law and this weird ass like founding fathers meant this way, but not like literally. So like, it'll be like, well, the founding fathers meant that everybody should be able to raise arms to be able to gather against a militia. But in their minds, the founding fathers thought the militias would have uh, muskets and they would too. So it would be a level playing field. And I got to be honest with you, an AR-15 versus the army is not a level playing field. I feel like uh, the amount of weaponry that should be allowed to be passed off to us if we're going to do this in this mad literal com- connotation is that I should be able to fucking uh, buy nukes and you shouldn't be able to pre- prevent me from doing that. Because you have them and the military has them. And if I'm going to be able to threaten this government, if it goes too far, I should have nukes. Why can't I? Oh, is it because you realize that's fucking irresponsible? Yes. So why the fuck can I have all this other irresponsible shit? That's the thing I don't get. It's this mad irresponsible reading of like, and and it's even like, it's even more irritating uh, when it's like this... Again, remember, these are fucking racist white people who founded the country and their ideals were fucked. And for some reason, we have this this love, this like fucking love affair with like making sure that everything they believed is preserved and is fucking bullshit. It's this is a tangent and a rant. And I realized it halfway in, but I kept going because it felt good. So my bad. Uh, So anyway, what we are doing currently is we're trying to undo the fucking bullshit that the founding fathers put together with the electoral college whether or not you agree with electoral college which by the way i think we should get rid of it and if you go back and and, and did listen to that episode um that we did on electoral college i talked about the fact that there is a current bill in many state legislatures to uh make it so the electoral college doesn't matter anymore and if the electoral college doesn't matter anymore then we don't need the electoral college act or electoral count act because guess what we wouldn't have an electoral, it would just be uh, certifying the popular vote. That would be it. And also I think the popular vote should exist because how many of us, even with explainers and uh, written documents and lawyers writing very easy to understand English language, how many of us even still fucking understand what the fuck the electoral college is? Like almost none of us. But having said that, how many of us understand the concept of American Idol? Like fucking all of us. So like, why are we just not using the same concept? It works. It really works. Kelly Clarkson's amazing. I've really loved Since You've Been Gone. Ruben Studdard, great. Clay Aiken, amazing. Everyone uh, that has won American Idol through popular vote, fantastic. Uh, I'm just going to be honest about it. 
I, I don't know everyone though. So maybe I'm only going to limit it to the, the first couple runs. I'm going to limit it to the first couple runs, but it's a great system. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying like, look, if we can find our pop stars, it can find our presidents. All right. We're going to talk about what is going to change in the electoral college act of the future. Uh, do, uh, according to the proposal, when we come back. Um, this is going to be a shorter episode, by the way, just because as I mentioned, I'm struggling voice wise, like really struggling. I need to grab a LaCroix. Yeah, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll talk about what's going to change and then why those changes are in response to what happened in January 6th. All right, we'll be back. And welcome back. Okay, so we are back from break. First of all, I want to point out something that I just realized. It is almost impossible to figure out what episode is what literally almost impossible i am trying to find the episode we did on the electoral college and good god (laughs) no idea where it is i know it exists i know it exists i just don't know what episode it is so if i figure it out i will put it in the description to the notes however what i can tell you is that uh, i started looking for this because in the i was like well why is the popular vote so important uh how can you lose uh if the states are just giving all of their electors to the popular vote, then how is it possible for you to lose the electoral college vote and then, uh, you know, not not win the uh, the overall vote? And the answer to that is, uh, excuse me, lose the popular, how is it possible you lose the electoral college vote, but win the popular vote? And the answer to that is that at not, you can win in so many states, uh, but... Yeah, that, that's really kind of what screws that over. So it, there's not a equal distribution of electors per state. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's jump back into this. Before we went to break, we dove into Electoral College, as you can tell. Um, and we talked about how there is a current bipartisan proposal between uh, two leading senators, uh, that is Joe Manchin and Susan Collins, and how they are leading an effort to try to reform the Electoral Count Act. Now, as we mentioned previously, the Electoral Count Act is from 1887, when there were a total of 39, uh, well, technically including the vice president, 40 people who were involved with certifying the presidential election results. Those people uh, were the nine senators and 30 representatives from the House of Representatives. And so in that party, uh, like two people, which would be about 10%, would be able to be like, yo, I think something's up with these results. And then they would fall back uh, to the states and they would certify the results according to how the states, according, excuse me, certify their electors according to the state legislation. Right. So that law, super dope, made a lot of sense back in the day when that was the case. Now, uh, as we have mentioned, um, I want to say there's there's 100 senators and correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say there's somewhere around like, well, I can just look it up. I'm right here at the computer. (laughs) One sec. Uh, House of Representatives, I want to say has 500 seats. No, 437 seats is what I was going to say. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. So the seat number for the House of Representatives is 437. Bam, 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 bam. Uh, so it's 400. Oh, wait, no, 435. There was a temporary increase of 437. But it's 435. All right, so it's 435. I was off uh, by two. There's 435 seats in uh, the current House of Representatives. But all it takes is one person from any of that house and one person from the 100. So out of 535 people, two people could be like, yo, let's hold this shit up, which is a different percentage than previous. So now with the new proposal, the idea is that it is going to take uh, at least a 20% 
of the people to stop the vote. It would take at least 20%, uh, which is more than just one or two people, basically, which is good. And I'm going to go through this and kind of put this in the light of what happened on January 6th, right? So for a lot of us, it's we don't want this to happen again. And the best way to think about this, and and this is not me doing this, by the way, I'm borrowing this uh, pretty heavily from uh, an opinion piece that was in the Washington Post, but it really just kind of is trying to stop what happened. So uh, January 6th, Trump uh, did several things to try to prevent himself from losing the election. First, he turned to state legislatures to appoint electors for him uh, that were in defiance of the popular vote. That was something that did not work, did not happen. Next, he went to congressional Republicans to object to electors who were Joe Biden, uh, for Joe Biden to basically, and all he needed in this case, if you remember, is two people. So one person in the House, one senator. Just be like, hey, these Joe Biden electors, I think they're fraudulent. And that would be enough to object to that. Then he went to the vice president and uh, tried to get him to refuse to certify the election. And By refusing to do that, it would illegally delay the electoral count so that then Trump could go back to the states and be like, hey, you need to go back and appoint electors for me because I the votes are fraudulent. So that was the whole thing that Trump did. And the idea is that uh, Trump set a blueprint for how to stay in power, right? So if he had succeeded, he 100% would be president right now. And I don't even know if we would be allowed to have this as a podcast. Would we, what would the world be like? We'd all be dead. We, it'd, be, it'd be a horrible place. Um, arguably not um, much worse than where we are now. But the point is, is that uh, someone could see that and decide to do something similar. So they might decide to get a state legislature to appoint fake electors for them and get a governor on their side to help um, certify those electors so that way uh, they defy the will of the people. Um, They might then go to Congress uh, and get one person from the House and one person from the Senate to count electors that were appointed specifically by the legislature that they put pressure upon and certified uh, and, and were certified by that governor who was on their side. So the proposal is to stop someone from tipping, for example, a close election uh, and from doing this. So it does uh, two things to stop this, right? So first, and just to make sure we recap. So one, uh, state legislatures can appoint fake electors. And then if you can get a Republican, ah, sorry, I wasn't going to say that. If you can get a governor, not a Republican governor, because this could also be a Democrat, you can get a governor on your side that will certify those electors for you, then you can uh, have those electors from that state, right? And then you can go to Congress, get them to say that they are wanting to certify only the electors that uh, are count the electors, excuse me, only want to count the electors that have been uh, appointed by that legislature that I, I pressured to give me fake electors that were also certified corruptly. And then that gives me all of that I need to have those count for me. So you could not do this on a large scale because it'd be real goddamn obvious, but you could do it on a real small scale. And if the voters are close, which as of very divided America. The votes are always going to be kind of close. This could be how you just stay in power. And then I don't know how you do it uh, preemptively, but you at least get an additional four years. In the case of like all of our presidents, because for some reason we keep hiring, like ugh, hiring, yeah, hiring. We, we keep hiring slash electing presidents uh, who are very old, who don't have much going on for them after eight years and could... Ke- Really, I think in Trump's case, could make the argument that want to be a president because that was going to avoid him going to prison. I can't help but think that that was a huge reason why he wanted to be president. Seriously, can't help but think that. But anyway, um, 
here is how this new proposal would address uh, this attempt to, um, well, Trump's attempt to take over uh, and, and excuse me, to usurp his the election and then also future attempts. So first, it would require the state to appoint presidential electors in a manner that is dictated by the state laws as they exist before election day. So that means right now, if your state legislature has, uh, in fact, every state legislature has uh, on the books laws to show how they manage their electors, uh, and though they would have to stick to those laws before election days, so you couldn't throw something on the books uh, slightly before the or after the election or after the election day has happened and then change how those electors are happening. So it's just to kind of lock the states into place. And then as long as every state law requires electors to be in keeping with the popular vote, then that would prevent a state legislature from appointing electors in defiance of that vote. Pretty simple, right? Next, uh, there is a proposal that will require the governor to certify the correct amount of electors by a hard deadline before Congress counts. So uh, the governor would have to certify the correct electors by a hard deadline which means that you could not go back and certify others and it couldn't happen. Obviously, uh, it would not be able to happen um, before, excuse me, after Congress counts. This is supposed to prevent a governor from certifying electors for a losing candidate, supposed to. Um, and then if, let's say, however, that, because as I'm saying this, it's supposed to and it's could, let's say that all of this still in place, uh, the state legislation is just like, fuck it. We're going to do it anyway. And the governor is also just like, ha, 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 stop me, bitch. So how do we stop them? What happens? Okay, so according to this proposal, uh, then there would be an aggrieved candidate, right? And they would trigger an expedited judicial review by a federal three-judge panel subject to an expedited Supreme Court appeal. And under this proposal, uh, Congress would be required to count the electors that the courts deemed the correct one. So the idea here is uh, to stop Congress and the state from manipulating the votes and tossing it to the courts. Now, here's the question that all of us should have in our minds right now, especially considering uh, the previous run that we just got from the Supreme Court. Do you trust the Supreme Courts? Do you trust the state Supreme Courts? Do you trust the courts? And even if it's just the state Supreme Courts, just know that they're probably going to go to the Supreme Court anyway. So if not the federal courts, uh, where does it go? Does it go to Congress? Because then it becomes very partisan. But I don't know if you've noticed all of the Supreme Courts, all of the courts are very partisan now because uh, we very foolishly uh, have elected partisan judges. So the question is then, who, who do we trust to uh, who do we trust to make sure that our votes are being counted? And I got to be honest with you, I don't have a good answer for that. Like, I want to say the courts. I want that to be the answer because then there's like this whole it. it it dovetails nicely, right, with the narrative of how, well, it dovetails nicely with the narrative of how the American government is supposed to work. It's supposed to be uh, this checks and balance system. So here we're talking about the election of a president and there is the congressional counting and there's that there's that little check system. And then there's also like a judicial system, in or, you know, excuse me, the, the judicial branch gets into play when it comes to uh, certifying or like when it comes to, you know, uh, determining which votes should be counted. I feel like that feels like a neat little American system. It's supposed to work this way moment. And the problem I think with that is that in theory, the American system works that way in reality, because uh, there is, there's a two party system. And instead of it just being 
Which, by the way, I guess the two-party system is ridiculous to me. I, I don't understand. Did it ever work is my question. Was there ever a point where a two-party system made sense? And if so, at what point was it like we have too many people for a two-party system? Because that's where we are now. Um, the two-party system doesn't work because uh, one party is just blatantly like, fuck everybody, get money. And the other party is like, well... If you're if you guys are fuck everybody, then I guess we got to be uh, love everybody and fuck money. And the problem is that that's that's two different extremes or spectrums in there that are not represented anywhere along those lines. And uh, really, the one party ends up being more love everybody, but also get money. And there's just and again, misrepresentation across all those spectrums. So because there are two parties in our country and one party has forsaken any form of like acknowledgement for the country's past other than it's goddamn perfect then one is kind of stuck with trying to reconcile that and you can't you can't i just don't think that's possible but that's that's a weird again tangent and rant that i guess is best left for another time the point that i guess i need to make here uh before i got sidetracked was we, we are kind of stuck in a place where we don't really have a nonpartisan, partial way to determine how our votes should be counted. And if we're being honest, a lot of that is because we are really hardened in our, our stances and our positions um, around two parties. And I, and I can't help but feel that if there were multiple parties, I guess we'd still be here. I feel like multiple parties would, especially if we had a multiple party um a multiple party uh, parliamentary system where, you know, you kind of have to put together a a government based upon, you know, obviously some compromise, but, you know, positions that are close enough together and goals that are close enough together. I can't help but think that that might actually be a little bit more productive, but that's probably because I don't live in one. I bet I'm saying that and someone who is European is hearing that and is like, nah, bro, this shit is terrible too. So I don't, I don't know. But I, I think there's also one other thing that we can address that does get addressed uh, that sh we should note. Um, so this is a proposal. These are bills that are still going to have to go through a 60 vote filibuster in the Senate, still have to be passed in the House. Right now, the House has been way more active about passing shit. And so I, I could see it getting passed in the House, but I don't know if this is something that is going to make it through the Senate. It, it is bipartisan, uh, but there's still a pretty long route to go to getting everyone on board for it. And one of the things that is going to have to be addressed as they start building this bill is whether or not a current session of Congress has the ability to bind a future session of Congress. So can Congress now implement laws to bind itself for the future? The answer to that apparently is difficult. I think the answer should be yes, because future Congress could then just repeal the law instead of sticking to it. But repealing laws is hard. And uh, this is something I did not realize when it comes to repealing laws. A law's repeal requires a signature from the president. So the current sitting president, by the way. So like, uh, let's say that Congress, and this, let's paint a scenario here. All right. So future president tries to usurp or no, not even tries to usurp. Future president truly is a very close uh, election, right? And sitting president and challenger are neck and neck. And sitting president rightly feels that they might be the winner. They rightly feel they won, right? I mean, it's it's real close. It goes to the courts, the court side for sitting president. Now, Congress might go through the same process of the electors and may decide that the courts were incorrect. In order for them to override the courts, they would have to repeal the law 
that we're currently trying to write. Because if you remember it, it actually caps both state and congressional manipulation. But to repeal that law, they'd have to get a, pre- a signature from a president who rightly feels that they won the election and has been told by the courts they won the election. And even if the president may not rightly feel that, but like if you tell me I won and the courts say I won, why the fuck do I got to like sign something so that you can tell me I didn't win? No, I'm not signing that. And I think it just becomes like a stare down. And I, and I think that's when, like, what happens after that? I assume, like, the country goes to war? Like, it's a coup, right? That's, that's, that is a, a, a coup. I mean, like, the ideal scenario would be this. We'd all sit down. We'd talk it out. We'd point to evidence. And the president would be like, God damn, you're right. All right. Because I love America and I value the peaceful transfer of power from one seat to the next. And I've seen the evidence. I will now turn over the power of president. I'll sign this so you, Congress, can do what has been outlined according to our laws and constitution. God bless America. God bless the world. (laughs) And just the fact that I'm struggling to get that out without laughing should tell you how unrealistic that is in the world we live in. That's just not going to happen. I think more realistically what will happen is the president is going to be like, you know what, Congress, fuck you. If you want to uh, not have me go four more years, you're going to have to impeach me. And... That is going to turn into some real bullshit because essentially Congress would have to impeach them. And then like, I don't know, can you be impeached for not giving Congress power to uh, uncertify you? I don't know. I truly don't know. And then I think there's one other thing that we really should note. What if everybody's corrupt? Everybody. So I think we can make the argument that like, what if, and here's a scenario we'll paint. What if everybody is specifically trying to get a power grab for like-minded people? Let's say there is, I don't know, a conservative theocratic group that is just hell-bent on capturing uh, power in the American government to shape laws and the American culture to a fascist, a Christo-fascist ideal. Let's just say that's a thing that's happening. Maybe. Um, And let's say, again, all hypothetical, allegedly, allegedly, sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle. uh, Let's say, again, hypothetically, that uh, somehow by gaining control of state legislatures back in 2010 and 2012 uh, and just controlling the maps of gerrymandering they've managed to make it uh, so that they have power within the senate and then with that power in the senate they prevented specific presidents from appointing liberal judge justices to the supreme court but only appointed conservative justices to the supreme court who would only uphold this narrow strict viewpoint of the constitution one that would allow them to enact a very very fascist uh Jude well Christ I don't want to say Judeo Christian because that's a little bit rude, but Christ Christian fascist Christian theocracy laws. Let's say that happened. Uh and let's say, again for shits and gigs, uh let's say that uh they were poised to take power uh both in the, the Senate and Congress and most likely sweeping into the president the presidency and they have already a very firm grasp over the supreme court let's say that was a thing that was happening right now what could we do did you see the hear, hear the silence absolute fucking nothing that's why uh and i will uh quote adav noti vice president and legal director of the campaign legal center the bill that is being written right now does make it as difficult as possible to elect an official against public will but naughty uh cautions 
if all those actors conspire to subvert an election, there's not a whole lot you can do. You could put on paper that will stop that. So I guess the thing that we need to bear in mind is while this is 100% dope ass news, and I'm super happy to hear it. It is also still some fuck shit happening in our government. We also should still be very much worried that the next person who gets into office may not leave. And there is, there are a lot of people, I think, who jokingly want to refer to uh, our current election, or I guess our current America, uh, as being like the handmaid's tale. And the sad part about all of this is how close we really are to that. Yeah. I'm going to leave that there. There's a one pager that I'll link to that's not super clear, but also link to a bunch of other articles. Read through some of this stuff. Try to understand it uh, because a lot of this is going to fall to state legislatures and how they determine electors. And if you are in a state that determines electors in a shady, shysty, bullshit way where you're not being counted, then you probably need to do something. Also, your state senators and state legislatures determine how you're and like how your districts are going to be drawn up so if that is something that you are concerned about if you feel like you're uh being gerrymandered out of your vote counting um this is the time now is when we got to break this shit because uh i gotta tell you we're damn close to this being real bad and interestingly enough the washington post article ends and that's when the street fighting starts if it hasn't already which is some bullshit when the washington post is like we got to go to the streets and kill people uh, we're in a real dark place because this is not that type of this Washington Post is not that type of newspaper like you're not about that life Washington Post but even the Washington Post is like yo we, we might have to shoot someone um, <laughs> I'm just saying the shit is getting real 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 dark and I really hope y'all are paying attention anyway uh, enough of my paranoia Thank you for listening to the show. This has been Frowntown. If you would like to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FrowntownPod. If you like to follow V, who will be back next week, you can follow him at VChatty um, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on TikTok. It's V-E-E-C-H-A-T-T-I-E. It's a little song that I made up so that I remember how to spell his name. That's how I do it. Uh, that's V Chatty. If you're looking to follow me, I don't need his name song for that because I'm adjective underscore J at Instagram and on Twitter. I'm not on TikTok. If you find an adjective underscore J on uh, TikTok, don't harass them, but like casually let them know that they're not the real one. All right. Thank you so much uh, for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. We would not exist without you. Please pay attention to your state legislatures. Uh, that voting should be happening right now. Vote for people who are going to actually let you be represented in all elections and not just in, I guess, sham ones. Yeah. For now, here's some motherfucking FCON. <laughs>